This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Good afternoon to you. Jason Kong here with Sam Peterson with Transitions Life Care. Sam, we're a week away from Christmas. We are. Are you ready? Are you all set? I'm mostly ready. You know, we were talking about our Christmas lists earlier, and if we've I've almost got it complete. You know, I've got to say, I feel like the gifts I do have are really good ones this year. So that's always a good feeling. Yeah. So you've got the confidence, which I like. I'm saying. feeling pretty confident. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Well, we've got a wonderful show planned today, and we're going to start off talking about telehealth and as uh, the rise of the new variant. Uh, we continue to have to deal with COVID 19. Telehealth is as prominent as uh, a feature in our lives as ever, and we're happy to welcome. Jacqueline Qualter with us. She is the she is a nurse practitioner and founder of Login Clinics. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We're really excited to talk about telehealth today, um, me in particular, because um, we know that during COVID nineteen, like Jason mentioned, a lot of people have probably heard the. F- for the first time, the term telehealth, or maybe you know you yourself have even used telehealth services for the first time. Since the start of the pandemic, you know, we've really seen telehealth begin to grow. And even now, um, we've even been utilizing it some throughout the pandemic at Transitions Life Care, and, and we still continue to do so. So today, we're really going to dive into telehealth and learn about what it is and what its benefits are. So Jacqueline, thank you again for coming on the show with us this morning um, to talk about this really exciting revolution almost in healthcare. Um, so first, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. So um, I'm a nurse practitioner, and I've been a nurse practitioner for over 20 years. I can't believe it. It's been a while, <laughs> but I've been in healthcare ever since I was 20. I got my associate's degree in nursing wow. and uh, worked in a trauma center at the age of 20 uh, when there was a nursing shortage. And again, you know, there is one now, right back in it. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, just through acute care, I worked in a lot of acute care in the hospital inpatient setting. And then I transitioned to um, outcare or outpatient care and wellness, gosh, maybe like eight years ago. And I was working with a company called HealthSat, and we did employee um, health and wellness. And so I was there for two years. It was a short-term contract out in Nash County. And that was sort of when insurance companies were really starting to use telehealth. And they were trying to incorporate it as cost reduction uh, for their employees. Mm-hmm. So instead of having their employees go to the emergency room, they would they would call it the Teladoc. You know, all the employees there were like, hey, use Teladoc. If you use Teladoc, you know, you can get your things treated quickly. You don't have to go to the, the ER. And at, at that point, and still today, there is, you know, about a two-week wait time for most primary care mm-hmm. doctors to see you if you have an urgent need. And so that was sort of touted by that company that I worked for. Well, the contract ended. I went and I worked in urgent care um, because, again, you know, the trauma nurse mm-hmm. in me wanted <laughs> to kind of get back into a little bit of that. And so that was really fun. But at that time, I was really exposed to the financial issues that were surrounding healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had people coming in from Walmart or mm-hmm. Food Lion that, you know, were out for two days for just some sort of simple uh, viral illness, and they needed a note saying that they could go back to work. 
and they would pay $120 for this note. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of other things that I saw and I thought, gosh, you know, why, why don't we use telehealth in this setting? And, you know, these people would benefit from this and they wouldn't have to pay as much money. And so why don't I open, you know, like a doctor's note mm-hmm. <laughs> telehealth? That's kind of how it started. You know, I could advertise doctor's notes and help these people that, you know, don't have the resources to pay $120 for a note. And, um, and then, you know, there were a lot of other things that I thought I could do using telehealth. I would say maybe about 70% of what we saw in the urgent care, I think, could have been done with telehealth yeah. as opposed to, you know, being seen in person. I think that that's hard for a lot of people to wrap their minds around or it was more so than pre-COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so I opened login clinics in 2019. I incorporated in March of 2019 and I opened in September of 2019. Um, and then COVID came in January of 2020. Wow, and pretty good timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have a YouTube channel that I was trying to explain and teach people. It's a login clinic YouTube channel. And it was, is telemedicine for me? And I was trying to explain mm-hmm. to everybody how we could diagnose and treat using telemedicine and how maybe you could use this for this or that condition. And then COVID came. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to do those YouTube videos anymore because... <laughs> People the media did it for you. The, the media did it for me. Exactly. They were like, use telehealth. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they know they can use telehealth. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And we at Login Clinics have um, since added health calls. You know, we end up working a lot with um, the aging population to mm-hmm. help them with health calls in their time of need. If, again, they can't get out of the house or they don't want to leave the house or their doctor won't see them because of COVID or, you know, some people have mask issues or vaccine issues or whatever, and, you know, they can't be seen. And so we end up doing house calls um, for those people and are able to get to them in a good amount of time. Mm. Um, So we started that. And um, we also do um, employee safety and health. And so again, you know, I have paramedic staff and, and we go on job sites and we do vaccine clinics for construction workers. Um, We were, working in the research triangle area during um, the initial part of COVID when there was the essential workers that were only allowed and everybody else had to stay home. Right. So we were all out there doing temperature checks on those essential workers to make sure that they were safe, you know, symptom and symptom screening as well to make sure that they were all safe and that they could carry on with their jobs. And we were, you know, six feet apart, social distancing, yeah. kind of like, you know, helping them do all of that at that point in time. So wow. our, um, practice has grown, that arm of our practice has grown, you know, from there as well. That's amazing. And, it, you know, you really kind of came into telehealth that your timeline is just so amazing to me, you know, starting in, in September 2019. And then, you know, boom, COVID hit and where telehealth really exploded. Yeah. Um and yeah. you know, I think then a lot of people may have experienced telehealth for the first time due to offices being closed during COVID. Do you think that even after COVID, hopefully, I'm going to knock on wood here, um, slows down and offices start opening again? You know, I have seen some physicians' offices opening to in-person visits. Um, do you think telehealth will be here to stay? Oh, for sure. I think telehealth will be here to stay. Um, there's, you know, the American Telehealth Association. And they've been around pre-COVID, and there's a lot of things that we are not um, aware of in the area that we live in. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of rural health populations or migrant health, 
populations that um, need to have things addressed. And telehealth has been used for many, many years just to help that population. And so, you know, things don't become a, a need or a necessity until they actually are a need or right. a necessity, right? And I think COVID kind of provided that with us here. But a lot of um, people out West are utilizing telehealth. Mm-hmm. And those are patients and doctors. Um, you know, there are a lot of doctors that are the only doctor, you know, in a, you know, 60, 100 mile radius, right. and they might need their patient to see a specialist. And the patient doesn't have the transportation or the means to get to Absolutely. the specialist in a big city. And so they, you know, use telehealth to uh, have their patients see specialists. So, yeah, Absolutely. I think it's definitely here to stay. The technology is increasing and getting better. And I think it's just going to going to keep growing. And people like the convenience of it, too. So not necessarily that there's a need as far as transportation goes or, uh, you know, money, but maybe you just work from home and you don't want to leave your house. You can, but maybe you don't want to, or, you know, it's just easier for you uh, being, you know, a working professional or a caretaker of your parents to, you know, see your doctor online. Definitely. That's a huge benefit to it. And, you know, something we talk about a lot of times on the show, since we are focused on, on caregiving a lot, that that's a huge benefit that if you can do a telehealth visit and be able to stay at home and still care for your loved one, that's huge, you know, to not have to carve that time out of your day. Um, so real quick before we take a break here, I just wanted to touch on with you, what exactly does the term telehealth mean and how is it done? So there's telemedicine, there's telepsychiatry, there's telehealth. And telehealth is the delivery of healthcare using electronics. So that's sort of, you know, a very, I guess, all-encompassing term. Mm-hmm. So you can use telehealth for blood pressure monitoring. So some patients submit their blood pressure readings on a weekly or daily basis to their providers. And their provider isn't having necessarily what we think of as a telehealth interaction, right, where they're meeting face-to-face and they're showing you, this is my blood pressure reading, Mm -hmm. right? They're actually just submitting their blood pressure readings to their doctor so or nurse practitioner, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But so, so what patients have thought of doing in the past is I actually have to go in, I have to bring this log, I have to show it to my physician, they have to look at it. Um, and now that's really not the case anymore. These new electronic medical records allow patients to directly interact with their uh, providers on you know real-time basis. And so even blood sugars, so you're able mm-hmm. to send your blood sugar in, your readings, and so your medical provider is able to review that in real time and say, oh my gosh, there's a problem right there. You know, let's kind of get this patient on the phone and talk to them. And so I think it's not fully utilized yet. Um, I think we still have a lot of technological challenges Mm -hmm. on the provider's end, as well as the patient's end too. You know, technology is confusing for a lot of people and it's expensive. um, And so I think there just needs to be more advancements for that. Yeah. And you have to imagine that that is coming down the pike. We're speaking with Jacqueline Qualter. She is a nurse practitioner and founder of Login Clinics. And we're going to continue our conversation all about telehealth right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. 
Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Sam Peterson, and our guest on the line is Jacqueline Qualter. She is a nurse practitioner and founder of Login Clinics, and we are talking all about telehealth, Sam, and we've got another segment here with Jacqueline, and so uh, let's make the most of it. We do, and Jacqueline, you set us up for a perfect segue into my next question, um, where we were just previously talking about, you know, technology and how some people may be a little bit hesitant around that with telehealth. You know, for me, I'm thinking in particularly about my 93-year-old grandmother who might be a little hesitant to use some of those telehealth services. So Jacqueline, what are some tips you would give um, to give get them started, especially for people who are maybe just a bit technologically challenged? Um, do you have to have a computer or internet access to use tele- telehealth services? So you can have um, a phone with Wi-Fi, which most people are not Wi-Fi or with data, mm-hmm. you know, either or. And I would say the majority of people have that technology in their possession. I think she might not have a smartphone. Mm -hmm. Um, And if she doesn't, then, yeah, a computer would be great. Or a family member that has a phone or a computer that they could assist them with. Because I think technology is a bit daunting for (laughs) that population and challenging. Yeah, I mean, and even for... Even for me, right, and you, and anything, anything new with technology, it's, and, and there's all these nuances about the programs, and not everybody uses the same program, or there's an app, or a portal, or a, yeah, I, I was explaining to my father-in-law the other day, he wanted to know what streaming meant, you know, he couldn't understand why my husband was like, are you streaming, and he's like, what do you mean am I streaming, I have no idea what that means, so I think that there's all these terms that we just kind of throw around just like medical jargon and we may or may not know and so I would just normalize it and I do this for my patients too you know I I say hey we have a portal have you ever used a portal before so I think if you have a provider that uses telehealth and they are willing and able and open to explain to you and assist you through that process once you assist people through it and you walk them through it um, nine times out of ten they're like, I can do this. This is easier than I thought. Definitely. There are some people that are just like, I am absolutely not using this. I want <laughs> pen and paper. You know, mail me the documents. I'll mail them back to you. I mean, I do have some people that are insistent on using mm-hmm. paper still. Um, it's definitely, they're definitely the exception, but I definitely, you know, try and meet people where they're at. Now, that being said, too, there are some devices that you can purchase that you can keep at home that integrate with the electronic medical record of your provider. And Mm -hmm. I have one of those on my website and, and basically it has um, little inputs so you can input your blood pressure cuff into it. It has an otoscope, you know, to look in your ear. It has a tongue depressor blade on it. And basically what you do, you take, you know, video courses Mm -hmm. on this is how you take the picture. This is how you use the device. So there's a little bit of like self-learning at home where you would have to kind of learn that device. So maybe they would need some assistance with, you know, the learning of the device. But once that's done and it's all set up, then you're able to interact with your provider using that device. And so I think that's pretty um, groundbreaking. And I think one of their basic devices, uh, you can buy at Best Buy for $300. 
But again, your provider would have to be, you know, able to use that uh, type of mm-hmm. device. Wow, very interesting. And I'm happy you brought up streaming. We recently had to explain to my grandmother what streaming wars were. She saw it on the news. So that was definitely kind <laughs> yeah, of walking it, through and guiding people through technology is, is very interesting these days. Yeah. So yeah. we talked a little bit earlier about some reasons people may use telehealth. And, you know, obviously it exploded during COVID because people weren't either able to go into their provider's office or maybe they had COVID and needed to quarantine but still need an appointment for a checkup. Um, but what are some reasons other than COVID restrictions someone might utilize telehealth? Uh, what kinds of services are offered through telehealth? So if you need labs drawn, let's say, you know, you want your annual physical, maybe you can't get your annual physical or, um, you know, you have a doctor that just needs some, that just wanted some labs. So I use telehealth to help these patients get their labs or um, do their thyroid screening. You know, they maybe haven't had their they're on thyroid medicine. They haven't had it checked in a while. And so they want that check. We do a little video, we go over their symptoms, and then I order the labs. And they go to their local lab facility to get the labs drawn. I get the results. I contact them after. We go over things. Um, there are certain uh, medications that you might want to do genetic testing on. That's like a very niche kind of mm. thing. But um, we do partner with um, Beautiful Mind Behavioral Health, which is a telepsychiatry and psychiatry practice. And we do... Um, genetic testing. So basically the patient gets this kit delivered to their home that I order. They swab their mouth. They send it back in. Um, this genetic partner runs the labs and then they basically are telling you as a provider, okay, these medicines work well with this patient's genetic makeup or these medicines you'll have to use a higher dose or these medicines you'll have to use a lower dose or don't use these. They're not metabolized well. So basically it looks at their metabolic profile within the context of their genetic code. Um, and so we're using that with uh, Beautiful Mind Behavioral Health. Um, so you were asking about things that other than COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, mental health definitely, I feel like, is, you know, yeah, which is always has been, right, but it seems to be exacerbated more so by COVID. Um, so I'm doing a lot of depression, anxiety, inventories, and screenings, talking to people about, um, you know, the root cause of that, maybe discussing some medications and then follow up and prescribing some medication. Um, the primary care thing is difficult to do mm-hmm. without actually going to the person's house and seeing them. Um, but, you know, sinus infections, um, if they've had an exposure to COVID or to the flu, um, a lot of patients, they from, from what I've seen or people that come to me, which I'm sure is a bit biased because they're coming to me, but their doctor has not wanted to see them if they've tested positive for COVID right. um, and just tells them to stay at home. Well, they still are having symptoms and they still are having maybe side effects of COVID, right? like bronchitis, ear infections, um, really persistent cough that they can't seem to get rid of. And so I end up seeing patients for um, those complications from COVID, as well as even patients that have long COVID and nobody mm-hmm. really knows kind of what to do with it. So really, I provide more of education around that um, referral for monoclonal antibody testing, which you can actually get now without a referral. Um, but it used to be early on in COVID, I would have to refer people for mm-hmm. that. Um, I had a 99-year-old guy. Wow. Um, I actually went to their house to test the family. This was, gosh, a year ago now. 
I don't even remember how they ended up getting it. Somebody, I think the, you know, somebody was like uh, in the service industry, I yeah. think is what happened. And it was a son and he brought it home and he lived with his 99 year old father. And um, I went to their house. They were all sick. I tested them all. So this was a couple days before the new year um, and before he turned 100. And he was positive for COVID. He had diabetes and mm. high blood pressure. And I got him right in for the uh, monoclonal antibody treatment. And he made it to his 100th birthday. Wow, that's amazing. Really awesome thing. I know. WRAL did a little uh, thing about him. I, I called them because I thought, this is an amazing story. We need something positive around COVID, Definitely. right? Um, so this was really good. Yeah. So WakeMed does a great job of, um, of giving out the monoclonal antibody just with patients calling. For they sure. don't need a referral anymore. So yeah, there's a lot of things that we can that we can treat using telehealth, and of course, like the you know food poisoning. Oh um, yes. <laughs> you know, I think I have strep throat. My tonsils are swollen. Dental abscess, um, earaches. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Definitely all, all those kind of other fun fun things we seems like we forgot about sometimes with COVID. They do still happen. <laughs> yeah. They do. They do. Jacqueline, we have a, a few more questions for you. Is there any way that you could hang out with us for another segment? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we are speaking with Jacqueline Qualter. She is a nurse practitioner and founder of Login Clinics, and we're going to continue our conversation with her centered around telehealth right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Sam Peterson. And don't forget that if you ever want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, be sure to go online to transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. We're talking all about Mental, not mental health, gosh, telehealth, <laughs> I'm having my own mental health issues I think issues that was a Freudian slip. I think you're right, Sam. <laughs> we're talking all about telehealth, and we're doing that with Jacqueline Qualter, a nurse practitioner and founder of Login Clinics. And uh, we've got, a, she's so gracious with her time, we've got another segment mm-hmm. here with her, Sam. We do, and we've got uh, some good questions for you. You know, we've talked a lot about the things that telehealth can provide people, and Jason, you're not totally off. Mental health is one of the things <laughs> that telehealth can cover Mm -hmm. so um really beyond a lot of things other than just covid treatment you know some of your day-to-day illnesses that you're saying like common cold flus ripping around here um so really a litany of things that telehealth can cover so with that uh jacqueline does do most insurances cover telehealth visits like they do a visit to your primary care or urgent care Yes, they actually do. Um, it used to pre-pandemic be that if you wanted to use telehealth, you would have to use the telehealth that was provided through your insurance. And oftentimes that would be free or for a relatively inexpensive uh, amount of money. But since the pandemic, since they wanted, you know, 
the, the effort was to get everyone quick and fast treatment. Most insurances were definitely covering that. There has been some talk about not covering that or kind of scaling back on that. And that sort of remains to be seen at this point as to what is going to happen. But our hope um, for those of us that love telehealth mm-hmm. is that um, it will continue because it's, again, easy access, cost effective. It doesn't cost as much. Um, and just really, if you have the technology, it's, it's a great option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jacqueline, what do you think is the biggest misconception with telehealth? I mean, I'm sure there's uh, perceived technological barriers or um, I, I won't I won't put words in your mouth. What, what do you think is the biggest misconception about telehealth? I think it depends on the generation, I guess, mm-hmm. of people and kind of their beliefs. Um, and I think it changes in, in that regard. But mm-hmm. I, I would say probably across the board, it would be how can you do this without touching me or seeing me in person. I think that's kind of like the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can't feel my lymph nodes. How do you know? Or you can't see, <laughs> you know, but when I educate people about, well, you're, you know, you're my hands, right? And sometimes with kids, I have the parents doing things for me. And mm-hmm. most people have a, a um, heart monitor at home. If they don't, they can check their pulse with their fingers. I show them how to do that. Um, they can send pictures confidentially of their, of whatever, because video is not great sometimes, right? If you're looking at like a rash or trying to see the back of someone's throat, Mm -hmm. video might, might not be the best thing. Um, you might need a picture. And so, um, patients are really good at either themselves or their family members taking pictures and sending them, um, through our portal so that we can review them. So I think maybe it's more just sort of a lack of understanding of how this could be done, but just it's a very simple uh, thought process would be, hey, they're not touching me, they're not seeing me, they're, you know, how are they able to do that? But, um, you know, patients are great if you instruct them, hey, you know, take your fist, wrap it around your back and like, you know, give yourself mm-hmm. like some taps on your back and I show them what to do, they can do that and they can be my hands and they can tell me, oh, that hurts or no, that that doesn't. You know, you just have to be good at giving them directions and showing them. Some people don't know how to take their pulse, believe it or not, mm-hmm. but um, you have to show them how to take their pulse, and then I count for them. So it can take a little bit more time, um, but once they've done it once, they kind of know the know the routine. It's just another learning curve. Definitely. And, you know, I, I think as I'm thinking about it, too, a lot of times when you're going into your doctor's office in person, you're kind of sitting there a lot of times sort of going through and describing all of your symptoms and things you're feeling. So really not all too different than a telehealth visit. Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of it because uh, I've been in that position that you're talking about, Jacqueline, where I've thought, well, you know, there's no way that they can do this. So I'm just going to wait for uh, an in-person appointment. So like, sh- should you call and ask, like, hey, can this be done via telehealth? Like, how, how do we overcome that uh that mental block, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, sure. You can definitely call your provider and ask and say, hey, you know, I have this. Could we use telehealth? But it depends on the provider. Some providers offer telehealth and some providers mm-hmm. don't. Some offer it and aren't great at it. Some offer it and are amazing at it. So I think it just kind of depends on the culture of your practice and um, what is promoted and, you know, what is not. But mm-hmm. um, there are, you know, telemedicine providers like us that that's what we specialize in. And so we are more than happy to, you know, see you and do a telemedicine visit. Definitely. 
So Jacqueline, mm-hmm. I kind of want to touch back on something you mentioned earlier in um, one of our first segments about the nursing shortage. You talked about how when you started car- your career in nursing, there was a nursing shortage. And well, look at us. Here we are back again in a nursing shortage, unfortunately. And, you know, right. for a lot of us in healthcare, we we really feel the brunt of it. You know, all of us are experiencing it right now. Do you think telehealth um, can help ease some of the burdens of this nursing shortage we're experiencing? So, yes, in like a long way. I mean, obviously, the nursing shortage is a, right now that we're seeing the most is in the hospital mm-hmm. setting, right? Like acute care and then public health as well. I mean, but we're talking clinics, right? So, yeah. in, in clinics, clinics are more telehealth. So, in clinics, um, you can have nursing assistants. I mean, you know, as you know, there are shortages of employees, employees everywhere, it seems. Um, not just in nursing, but I think that it can help because if we can identify patients earlier, if we can treat them earlier, um, we can keep them from going into the acute care setting. Mm-hmm. And just, of course, using the obvious COVID pandemic, if we can identify I've been exposed early as opposed to let me just sit in my house for 14 days and not seek any professional right. opinions because that's what I'm supposed to do, right? We can identify that early. If we can monitor that patient for symptoms, and provide treatment early, then that can really, really um, take down or uh, decrease the amount of patients that end up in the hospital if we provide early, fast, um, and and good treatment. So I think yes, um, but it would it takes you know a lot of things coming together. Yeah, I think it's such a great um, alternative to like you mentioned to keep people from kind of pulling that trigger and going to the emergency room and and if it's something that they can do and be consulted by telehealth you know it's it's a great way to help ease that burden that our emergency rooms are facing yeah yeah exactly i did a house call for a a couple that had covid um Mm. weeks ago and his doctor wouldn't see him you know just stay home but he was having shortness of breath Mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean they had the monoclonal antibody treatment but he was still you know not doing well and needed more care so he was kind of waiting at home you know just waiting for things to get better and as you know if you wait at home things can potentially get worse but if you can be proactive you know then you know you could spare that um intensive treatment sometimes you know not all the time but definitely so now that we've kind of educated our listeners on all things telehealth and giving them some info about it, if people listening are interested in maybe pursuing telehealth now, um, what's how should they go about seeking a provider or what are some things that they should be looking for? So they can call their insurance company because, um, as we mentioned, some insurance companies do have that, they call it teledoc, right? <laughs> they have teledoc that you can call and it might be free or it might be a, a reduced fee. And so they could start there. Um, they could also look at their local entities and institutions. So I know that Wake Med, Rex, UNC, they all have a telehealth platform, I believe, um, where they have their providers from that location that, you know, use or staff telemedicine. And, you know, logging clinics, of course, we're, you know, independent, not affiliated with any of those, but we, you know, use telehealth as well. And that's our um, area of expertise. So I think there's a lot of places and even for, you know, Jason, as you were talking about mental health, there's a lot of mental health um, teletherapy. I know people are saying, hey, I can't get in with this uh, psychologist mm-hmm. or my kidneys therapy or right, we need family therapy and no providers are available. But 
you know, I always tell people, hey, look for telepsychiatry because it's out there, it's available, and you can get an appointment soon. And it's, you know, you see the therapist, you're using a video. Um, they've done studies on that, and they say that sometimes it's better than in person because people don't feel as overwhelmed and mm-hmm. self-conscious or, you know, they it, it actually can be better. So I think there's a variety of, of resources out there. I think it just takes some um, investigation to, to find them. Great. Jacqueline, if folks want to find more about you, what's the best way to do that? The best way is just to go to our website. So it's loggingclinics.com. And they can also call or text our confidential number. It's 919-679-1880. Very good. And email, too. I mean, that's an option. We have admin, A-D-M-I-N, at loggingclinics.com. Awesome. Again, loginclinics.com. If you want to learn more, she is Jacqueline Qualter. She is a nurse practitioner and the founder of Login Clinics. Jacqueline, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you being gracious with uh, with us and, and answering all of our questions. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a fascinating subject, telehealth, and we appreciate your knowledge and guidance on this. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. Very good. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Don't forget, you can always find more information on Transitions Life Care online at transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Sam Peterson. And Sam, we're switching gears here a bit, and we're going to explore the topic of senior recreation centers. And we are very pleased to welcome into the show Tori Blackmar. Tori is the manager of adult and senior programs for the town of Garner, and she also manages the Garner Senior Center. Tori, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to talking to you. And, you know, we got to give a little bit of behind the scenes information. Yes. Tori is the aunt of Mary, and, you know, we won't. We won't get you to give us all the, the secrets. I'm the favorite. No, I'm not the favorite. I'm the fun aunt. The fun aunt. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> yes. best role to be. That's what I like my title I'm to be fun is the aunt. fun aunt. Yes. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> and she can talk me into doing things like getting on the radio with her. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always a persuasive thing to do. <laughs> well, Tori, we're so glad to have you on here. I know in my role at Transitions, I've actually learned a lot about senior centers in the um, six years I've been with them and the ones in my area. And I think a lot of people don't realize all of the things that they offer for folks. So first, just tell us a little bit about yourself and the Garner Senior Center. Well, um, I have been at the Garner Senior Center for 21 years. Wow. Um, it's, <laughs> uh, and the Senior Center has been in, in operation for uh, 30 about 30 years now. Um, so uh, the senior, senior Center in Garner was built by initiative um, of residents from residents that were raising money and they wanted to have a place to come out and dance and play bingo and eat lunch. Mm-hmm. Well, that that um, population has certainly evolved. And what we do now is more um, of uh, we have 
uh, partnership with Meals on, Meals on Wheels and Resources for Seniors, and we have a, a arsenal of programs. We offer 150 programs a month. Wow. Um, we have about 1,500 members. Um, this is an active adult center, so people 55 and older. Um, but we have our oldest participant that will be here this afternoon playing bingo is 100 years old. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Got to get that bingo in. Oh, yeah. Can you, you talk to, to us? Keep the bingo. I know, yeah. right? I mean, regardless. I mean, we can have horticulture classes, Tai Chi and Qigong, but you have to keep bingo <laughs> yes, and bridge. Absolutely. Those are staples. Can you talk to us? I know you mentioned some of those other amenities um, and programs. Can you talk us through some of the programs that the Garner Senior Center offers? Yeah, so in partnership with Resources for Seniors and Meals on Wheels, like I said, um, the Senior Center is run by the Parks and Recreation Department in the town of Garner. Um, senior, center, senior, senior centers across the state are run by different in different areas. Some are run by county, some are run by um, by um, Council on Aging, nonprofits, but we're run by Parks and Recreation. So we work in partnership with Resources for Seniors, which is our Council on Aging. Mm-hmm. Um, to provide um, information referral for their agency, um, to, put, to link people, uh, put people in contact with ser- uh, services they need, such as like legal aid, uh, insurance information for seniors. Um, we have support groups that are sponsored by resources for seniors. We handle the fun stuff, the recreation, the, the dance classes, and the trips. And resources for seniors handles all the the additional things that can pe- keep people independent and living um, independently in their homes. Awesome. So, I mean, really a lot more than just showing up for bingo every afternoon. There's some, some really great resources that senior centers can offer for folks. Right. And after um, COVID, we really realized how much um, the facility is needed and how much how much the interaction is needed people you know retire and they a lot of times they don't know what what to do with themselves and so we're I find my role very important in in linking people with new hobbies and um, interests and we try to offer something for everyone that regardless if you tried something before or not you know we Mm -hmm. have dance classes but we have an intro to dance class so that you can come in and learn how to do things before you actually go into the classes so we want to make make it accessible to everyone that's awesome i know you mentioned earlier um one of the other programs you partner with is meals on wheels can you talk to us a little bit about how that works yeah so uh, meals on wheels uh has a has always had a congregate meal um on site the food is brought in from the interfaith food shuttle and it's served um it's served to about six, we have 60 to 80 people that meet here on a week. This is pre-COVID, of mm-hmm. course. Um, they are not meeting currently, but um, re- they are coming back hopefully in October or uh, hopefully in October. Um, currently, they're providing five frozen meals and one home-cooked meal each week. Today is Wednesday, and they'll be picking, they'll be coming through the parking lot and picking up their meal for the week, Awesome. their meals for the week. Um, but that partnership is very important. It gives people an opportunity to socialize a little bit more and not just, um, you know, during a period of time, being able to sit, just sit down. So people that are less active, they can come to the meals program. Yeah, such an awesome option. And if someone were interested in signing up for that, how should they go about that? So the best way to do that right now is to call the main office of Meals on Wheels. Their telephone number is 919-833-1749. 
and they can offer, uh, they can ask to be on the list for the Garner Nutrition site. Um, I know that the Active Adult Center in Raleigh, um, at Five Points, they have a, a Meals on Wheels program that has started back. They've renamed it and rebranded it. They're called, it's called the Friendship Cafe now, and they have um, they have entertainment and uh, special activities that happen from between 10 and 12 each day. Oh, awesome. That sounds like a good time. So can you talk to us about um, your weekly schedule highlights or ways you can get involved? Sure. Um, just to give you an idea of what's going on here today, we have chair fitness going on. We have about 30 people very spaced out in our largest space <laughs> um, with masks on. We are, we are under mask mandate. Um, and we have a sole urban line dance class that was a little bit too big to be here, so we moved it into the new recreation center across the street. Um, they are, uh, there's about 28 people that come to that. Um, our normal schedule, though, we have indoor walking every day. Um, it's a, you know, climate control, a little bit easier on the bones to <laughs> walk inside. Nicer these um, days, too. Yeah. Um, we have uh, senior fitness classes that we've had to modify a little bit for um, because of the mask mandate. We have circuit training. We have a, a small fitness room. We have a three-quarter size gym um, that people play basketball and pickleball on. If you're not familiar with pickleball, you should. Oh, my you know dad is a pickleball, pickleball fiend. We, this is the, the, the era of pickleball. So, um, And we just opened up this recreation center with the Parks and Recre- Recreation Department, and there are up to six pickleball courts inside wow. over there. So we're hoping to spread the love a little bit and send some pickleball over to the new rec center <laughs> um, to open up some space for us over here. Absolutely. And I know I wanted to touch to you mentioned some precautions you guys are taking like a mask mandate for the centers. What other precautions are you currently taking for programming there? Well, we had to really consider, you know, is it we, the mask mandate was the um, primary thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but what, what are we doing here? Is it really to keep people safe? So we, you know, we uh, also are asking people to distance. We're not as strict as we have been before. Mm-hmm. You know, we were marking off the floor and um, having people wait. and time, But we are asking people to use their own judgment and, um, and distance themselves. And we're trying to set up rooms so that it's... Um, a little bit more friendly for that. Um, we have had to turn. We have had to cancel a few programs, but we've tried to keep everything going. Um, mostly card games because you can't social distance and and play a card games. But we have gone to the extent of putting card tables out under the breezeway so people can come and play. Um, so we're doing everything we can to keep our programs going. Very good. And Tori, if folks want to find more information about the Garner Senior Center, what's the best way to do that? Well, we if you want to check out some of our programs before you even come in, we have a YouTube channel. Um, we have done virtual programming. Um, it's under Garner Senior Center. We have a great Facebook page, again, Garner Senior Center. And then um, you can find our schedule at www, well, garnernc.gov, and if you'll find the Senior Center link there. Perfect. She is Tori Blackmar, Manager of Adult and Senior Programs for the Town of Garner, and she also manages the Garner Senior Center as well. Tori, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it, and you know, we really appreciate you keeping Mary in line for all these years. Mm-hmm. We, we, we give you all the credit, <laughs> yes. okay? 
Thanks so much. Sorry, I got. I was a little nervous in the beginning, but now I'm I'm a seasoned um, radio person, I guess. Yes, awesome. that well, just means we'll have to have you back on. Exactly. You <laughs> you are now a friend of the show, and be careful. We may be calling you every Saturday here going <laughs> forward. We have run out of time on today's show. I want to thank our guests for joining us, and I want to thank you for listening as well. Don't forget, you can always go to WPTF.com, click on the podcast section. There you'll find Aging Matters, and you can listen to a replay of this show as well as all the other shows that we've done dealing with Aging Matters. On behalf of Sam Peterson, I am Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.